Welcome to today's podcast from Coastline Calvary Chapel in Gulf Breeze, Florida. We hope this message encourages you and brings light into your life. Well, good morning. Let's stand together. And if you would, grab your Bible and open up to the book of Galatians. We are going to be kind of centering our time and attention in God's Word this morning in the book of Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. And as it's the last Sunday of our 2020 calendar year, and it's the Sunday after Christmas, we'll just kind of have time in these scriptures specifically for today. We won't be in the book of Galatians next Sunday, but... Pastor John will be sharing a message really about the new year. And then, Lord willing, we plan to go through the book of Nehemiah through the winter and spring of 2021. So you'll see more information about that and how we kind of plan to walk through the book of Nehemiah together as a church family, uh, beginning in late January through the month of May. Lord willing, and you have to say this when you live in Gulf Breeze, and the creek don't rise. You know what I mean by that? Like... You know what I mean by that, yeah. Lord, we thank you for your word. We just pray that you'd bless the reading of it, the hearing of it. And Lord, that we would listen, not just so that we could learn, but so that we could live according to the Spirit's power. And we pray that in the risen name of the one who's conquered sin, death, and the grave. The name of the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray, amen. So I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, verses 16 through 26 of Galatians chapter 5. Are you okay to stand while the Bible's read for that many verses? Is that okay? Okay, well, here we go. Paul writes, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your own good intentions. But when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Here they are. Here's the tells. Sexual immorality impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Merry Christmas. No, no, no. (laughs) Let me tell you again, as I have before, That anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit provides this kind of fruit in our lives. Here's the tell. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit's leading just at church. No, in every part of our lives, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. You may be seated. You know, oftentimes... At Christmas, especially when you're young, I would say this is a good representation. Say, what is this? Gifts. It's a representation of what one's hope and joy are connected to at Christmas. Would anyone maybe agree with that? Yeah, little ones, their hope and joy kind of does seem to be, okay, about 10 of you. The rest of you are all liars. You were kids. Well, you, when you knew Christmas was coming, you're like, I can't wait to get a ball in a string, like whatever it is, like something, you know. It's easy to think in life that if I can just get what I love or actually fall in love, or even if the stars align in the situation that I'm really working towards, that position, that possession, that location, can come into alignment, then I'll have peace. Will you? That's not what I just read. Not at all. Let me see if I can illustrate. First, we'll start with peace. 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 In my life, I will only speak for myself on these illustrations. I have been tempted to feel that when there's some element of accomplishment, then my desirous heart will be satisfied. So I can spend my time seeking to pursue that which I have believed would bring peace. You say, well, what kind of accomplishment would be that? Well, I feel like this was an accomplishment. I got to meet Chuck Smith. Like, that was great. The founder of our Calvary Chapel movement. I had the opportunity, as just a guy that just likes to learn, to graduate from a school with a master's degree. And a lot of us would say, if I can just get connected to the right person and authority, or if I can just get the right training or degree or recognition or respect, maybe those rocks will fill the Grand Canyon of my heart. And I would say, no, the fruit of the Spirit brings peace. Well, let me just share another example from my life. Love. If I can just fall in love or be loved, maybe that'll do it. Maybe if I can find something or someone where I feel safe, that'll satisfy. 
I, I, I had the opportunity to grow up with a good family. This is my Oma and her oldest son, Yancey. This, see what else is in this little goodie bag. Nothing in there. Something in here. Whoever wrapped this likes tissue paper. Oh, that's what this is. Here's the Christmas card I got to send out this year with my, my five and soon-to-be six kids and my beautiful bride, Cece. Here's a picture that's on my desk from the wedding day. I stood right here. Maybe I stood here. I forget where the side the groom stands on. But stood right here and pledged my love true to someone that I've been married to for 13 years. And yet, I have found that there is one soulmate that doesn't exist on the horizontal plane. The horizontal plane, I find partnership, and I find family, and I find a, a marital partner. But I don't yet find the one for whom my soul longs for, because I'm not meant to on the horizontal plane. But oh, how I love the horizontal plane of relationships. I would do anything for those pictured in this picture. Give my very life if it meant anything. But it's not even just that. I've also been blessed with dear friends, dear friends, who would drive to Oklahoma for me and I for them if needed be. Nothing against Oklahoma, maybe Chamukla. Whatever you go, like, oh, I've got to go somewhere out of my way is all I'm trying to say. Pensacola right now is out of the way, amen? No. Um, maybe that. Good friends, good family, good marriage. That'll solve the loneliness. No, it won't. Okay. What about joy? Maybe joy, for some, well, it comes through different experiences. You know, if my wife and I, if we could just become that family that Disney always puts on Instagram, like remember that family that just travels around and they get paid to travel and they, they take pictures of this and they give them a million dollars? Like, I, I'll do that. Like, maybe that's what will bring joy. I forget the name of that family. What's it called? See, some people knew. You knew right away. <laughs> well, I've traveled a little bit in my life. Not much, but a little bit. This right here is a rock from the same place that this guy named David grabbed five stones and killed Goliath. It was a cool place to pick up a rock. You know, one of the places that I really love, and I'm not sure why, I did marry a redhead, maybe that has something to do with it, but I love Ireland. And so this is from the Blarney. I actually went underneath the stone and pulled myself up and kissed the stone that everyone shouldn't kiss, like, because everybody kisses it, the Blarney stone. I don't know why I did that, but I did it right? I haven't traveled much, but I've traveled enough to know that you are who you are no matter where you are. Zip code doesn't bring joy. It doesn't. Okay, maybe one last one. Hope. What if hope is like thing that we all kind of somewhat connect to, 
maybe wishful thinking for some of us. Maybe this concept that this will do it for me. You say, well, well what's your hope? It's about all the money I got. With five kids and one on the way. <laughs> but for some of us, and I also got other things, though, and this was good. Like, this was part of my Christmas. I feel like everybody, this should be a part of your Christmas. This is a great situation. Amazon gift cards. I may not have cash, but I got gift cards. Money. Right? A lot of us put stock in these things. And let me have your attention. Let me see your eyes. You're not wrong to do so. There's nothing wrong with seeking to work hard and earn a good position in your company. There's nothing wrong with a solid reputation. There's nothing wrong with resource. Money is not the root of all evil. There's nothing wrong in wanting a healthy family and marriage. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with wanting to experience new places. Those are good things that are meant to bring an element of pleasure and joy. God's a good God. He loves to give you good things. So please don't misunderstand this little simple cheesy illustration. Good things are not bad things unless good things become God things. And when good things become God things, they rob you of the good that they were intended to bring. You are to have one God. Well, who is God? The master passion of your life is your God. And for Americans, it's primarily themselves. Primarily. Were were the donuts tasty enough for me? Was the temperature in the room set right for me? Me, 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 me. We is greater than me. That's why church is meant to be a community. The concept of I have Jesus and the Bible and a beach and a beer and I'm having church is wrong. Christianity is not about you. Never has been. It's about God. Loving you so much that he saves you from yourself and gives you brand new life. Fulfills that love that you look for. Brings you into that right family where you're connected and gives you purpose that's eternal. Life, love, connection, and purpose. It's what you're designed for. They will not come in anything on the horizontal. Let me share this one thought with you. Christmas is not about the gifts that come under a tree. Christmas is about the gift who gave his life for you on the tree, the tree of Calvary, the tree of the cross. And these four gifts of Christmas, these presents, well, let me share with you, if I can, maybe the message title for today. Let's see, Mo, if we could put it up on the screen just real quickly. This is out of order, so Mo's like, oh, I got to do it real quick. His Christmas presents is what brings those presents of joy, of peace, of love, and of hope. Christmas is about Jesus, about the coming of the foretold anointed one who would take away the sins of the world and give us new life. What does new life look like? That's what we're going to look at this morning. Well, it looks like peace. It looks like love. It looks like joy. It looks like hope. Say, what do you mean? 
Let's start with hope. Most people understand hope in kind of a um, Disney-like dynamic, right? Like wishing upon a star. One of my friends has this phrase, and I love it. He says, why would you wish upon a star when you can pray to the one who created the star? Like, that's where hope is found, in the creator, not the created. You know, a couple years ago, my daughter helped me kind of teach this very similar message, where she was the one that helped open up the present. And for Christmas that year, she wanted a telescope. And so I said, Lily, what's your hope? I'm hoping for a telescope, Dad. The hope for the telescope. Wishful thinking. I hope that I'm getting it. Now, a biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation. Here's your confident expectation. I'm not going to preach for more than 40 minutes. You can have a confident expectation in that. Because there's Breeze Donuts out there. It's motiv- I've got motivation. Like, I'm getting out there to get some donuts before you do. Right? No, just teasing. But it's a firm assurance regarding of things that are unclear. How many of you thought in 2019 that 2020 would look just like this? Nobody, right? 2020 was unclear. How many of you hope, wishful thinking, that 2021 is better than 2020? I mean, I I, die, yes. Right? Like, yeah. Well, here's my hope. My confident expectation is that Jesus is on the throne. And no matter what 21 looks like, even if it's worse than 20, we're still all good because we're moving according to his storyline, not ours. It's good. Come what may, Jesus is king. Where does hope come from? Here, listen. Sometimes people put their hope in people, their hope in things, their hope in accomplishments, or even their investments. Listen to what the Bible says from the book of Job, chapter 8. It says this, The hopes of the godless evaporate. Their confidence hangs by a thread. They are leaning on a spider's web. They cling to their home for security, but it won't last. They try to hold it tight, but it will not endure. If your hope is in something that's going to burn, it's in the wrong place. Our hope is in God because of his son. Listen to Psalm chapter 42, verse 5. The psalmist writes, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. If you would, please listen to this next phrase. I didn't author it, so I want to read it to you so as to not to butcher it from memory. There may be times when you are helpless, but you are never hopeless. Why? Because Jesus came lived, died, was buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, and he has given you his Holy Spirit. That's not going to change no matter what 2021 brings. God is good. He's given you his son. The psalmist writes, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I would say because you're looking for what's in God in those boxes. That's why. You got to keep looking up. That's where hope is. It doesn't come through money. That's leaning on a spider's web. It doesn't come through the savvy investments of real estate or the right portfolio. Those just hang by a thread. There may be times 
when you're helpless. You don't control everything, neither do I. But please listen to me. Let me have your attention. Let me see your eyes. You are never hopeless unless you want to be. It's a choice you make. Hope is a choice. The Bible brims with promises of hope for every believer. Just Google it. Hope in the Bible. I have a dear friend. His whole thing is about instilling hope in the next generation. He calls it hope generation. I think that's a good gig. Because of Jesus... We have a firm assurance of forgiveness. Is anyone thankful for that? Listen, it's a firm assurance. You're forgiven if your faith is in Jesus. He's not out to get you. He likes you. He loves you. We have a firm assurance of meaning and purpose. Listen to me. If you're breathing, there's purpose to it. Yes, you may have misstepped. Yes, you may have stumbled, but if you're still alive, God has purpose for that. In Jesus' name, stand back up and follow Jesus. Every single one of us makes mistakes. Every single one of us struggles. Every single one of us falls. But you don't have to stay down. You don't have to. Because the life that we live is not by a plan or by persistence but it's by the power of the spirit of God he's the one who changes you from the inside out and let me just share this before we move on to our next gift the gift of joy if God can help me stand up he can for sure help you because I know me I know my weaknesses I know my challenges I know my proclivities and my failures and my insecurities. And if God can use these 13 elements of dirt, he can for sure use you. There's definitely hope for us all. Now, the second gift of joy, joy. Well, what is that? Does it come from travel? Like if I just go to this place and that place and if I could just get that transit van and just put the right mattress with the right sink and then be free from the mortgage and just live at the Grand Canyon, like that's what will bring joy to my heart. Maybe, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that, but like, listen, if a person is joyful, it's got to come from some other place because everything in life eventually gives out, like a battery on a cell phone. There are different types of joy. There's a joy that maybe you get from getting a gift you want on Christmas. Hebrews 11.25 says that there's the fleeting pleasures of sin, like sin's a little bit joyful for a little while, or else you wouldn't do it. If if sin wasn't fun, if it wasn't a sugar-coated poison apple, you wouldn't bite the apple, but it's sugar-coated. So you just keep on biting until it's too late, and then the poison mixed with the sugar and you're dead. Merry Christmas. But anyway, of course, there are different types of joy. But listen, man, Galatians 5.22, there's joy, joy that comes from the Spirit of God. That's not on the shelves or online anywhere. There's temporary happiness and there's eternal happiness. We just need to decide where we're going to get that joy from, that which is temporary or that which is eternal. I'm going to tell you, I'm not that smart, 
but eternal is better than temporary. And so this is what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 for someone who tried to find joy from the temporal. He says this, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But this also proved meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? The joy of the Lord is rich and abundant. And the world's happiness fades with time. It's like that athlete that finally accomplished the championship. Or that surfer that finally got that wave. Or that Christmas present that that five-year-old finally opened. What You know what they do? I got to get the next one. Right? Because you're chasing that constant feeling. That's what you're chasing. That euphoria. And once you get it, it's gone. So you're chasing it again. Do you have to live like that? Well, I would say this. Listen to um, Isaiah 35, verse 10. Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. I think joy comes from the Lord's presence. Not, 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 not these presents. The presence of God. Sometimes when you start a new year, you kind of put together a reading list. I would encourage you to read Practicing the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence. A gentleman, a monk, actually, whose job description was to wash the pots, found his most joy not in what he did for a living, but what was done on his behalf so he could become alive. He started a revival as a pot washer because joy comes from the presence of the Lord, not from accomplishment, not from relationships, but joy comes from the Lord. Relationships and accomplishments aren't a bad thing. They're a good thing. Just don't make them a God thing. We can have permanent joy. That's what Christmas shows us. Because Jesus has come. Remember his name in the book of Matthew? Pastor John talked about this a few weeks ago. Emmanuel, God hates us. No, Emmanuel, God with us. That's, that's what Christmas is about. God is with you. He's not against you. No matter what happens, oh, you can have joy. Because Jesus hung on a cross for your sin and shame. Now, what about this one, though? The gift of love. One of our greatest needs as human beings is to be loved. Right? Isn't there some guy that was a part of some band that wrote some song that said something like, all you need is, some of you know it, yeah. God so loved the world. 1 John 3.16 says, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. 1 Corinthians talks about what love is in chapter 13, that love is self Giving, sacrificial, unconditional, eternal, comforting, and life-changing. Love. You are deeply loved by God. And if you don't believe that, you're being lied to. Because history shows a pierced Savior who rose again because God so loved you. 
May I have your attention? May I see your eyes? We're almost done. But listen to me. God sent his son to pay a debt that he did not owe because you owed a debt that you could never pay. That's what Christmas is about. As Pastor John mentioned on Christmas Eve, it's not about Jesus coming to collect the rent. It's Jesus coming to pay the rent. That's who he is. And when that guy knocks on the door, hey, I want to pay your bills. Come on, I got five kids, bring it. Let's pay those bills. That's who Jesus is. I want to bring you joy. I I want to bring you love. I want to bring you hope. And lastly, well, let's not get there yet. There's something I want to share with you about love. The greatest truth in the Bible for you and for me is simple but simply profound. And I want to show you a two-minute clip. Not yet. Let me, let me set it up. A two-minute clip from a, a musician of a generation past who was enamored with the love of God. His name was Rich Mullins. And Rich's brother did a, a movie about his life called The Ragamuffin. And there's a scene in this movie where Rich is playing at a church and the pastor that's getting up and speaking, he's You know, he's maybe not really necessarily sharing so much about God's love, but about your, like, duties, like Nacho Libre, like duties as a a believer, like, this is what you need to do. And he kind of left the sermon like, wow, I guess, like, a Christian's all about what you do and don't do. And Rich kind of responds. Let's show this clip just to kind of highlight God's love if we can. Tell Richard. If you're going to get serious about your faith, you need to look at this book like a rule book. It has the do's and the don'ts. Are you going to follow the do's or you choose the don'ts? As Zion comes up to close us in song, I want to leave you with this question. Would Christ be proud of you? You know, I don't want to be disrespectful. I know we're, we're guests here, but and I kind of think how, how disrespectful would it be to not be honest with the church. I think it was the, the theologian Karl Barth who was asked once, what's the, most, what's the most theologically profound statement? And this is, this is how he responded. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong, they are weak but he is strong, yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me the Bible tells me so so 
one thing I love about that clip is just this beautiful, simple, but most powerful truth of the gospel. It's not about what you've done or what you've not done. It's about what he did, the cross. And that's what Christmas is about, that God sent his son. It's not about your performance. It's about his. But it is about your heart. Staying constantly open to the Lord. Constantly pliable in his hands. That's what it means to live by the Spirit. It's where you wake up every single day and you say this. What you say is what I say. What you do is what I do. What you think is what I think. I am dead. Galatians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 3. It's no longer about me and my agenda, and my heart, and my opinion, and my perspective. It's about what God wants. And here's what He wants you to know. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He hasn't come to collect from you. He's come to give everything to you. He loves you. He loves you. And this brings us to our final present, I guess, peace. Peace is something everyone yearns for, but few seem to find. Why? Peace can be defined as tranquility or harmony or security. A key focus of Christmas is peace. Remember Luke 2.14? We read it on Christmas Eve. Peace on earth. Isaiah had predicted that the Messiah would be called the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, Jesus is called the Lord of Peace. Romans 5.1 says we have peace with God because of what Jesus did on the cross in the empty tomb. And Philippians 4.7 reminds us that peace is meant to guide our hearts and minds. Could anyone do with a little bit more peace in their lives after navigating 2020? I could. Seems like Jesus is the guy to go to. He's called the Lord of it. Yeah, that's a big deal. He's the Lord of peace. So he's the guy that's got the corner on it. Yeah, he is. You know what God encourages us to do? To pursue peace. You say, what do you mean? Let me ask you a question. This, I guess we've got to be honest in church. It's going gonna, it's gonna to require two hands. Did anything happen in your life where you were wronged in 2020? Someone did you wrong. They cut you off on Highway 98. Okay. Let me ask you. Oh, keep that hand up. Did you wrong anybody else in the year 2020? Okay, so look. We're all like this. Jesus, I surrender. I need your peace, right? I'm coming to you. Here's what he says to do with peace. You say, listen, I've wronged people. People have wronged me, so I'm going to sit here and wait till they come to me. Okay, what, what does the Bible say? Romans 14, 19, make every effort to do what leads to peace. Here's what you just confessed in church. I wronged somebody, and somebody wronged me. So let me ask you a question then, because now you qualify for this chapter and verse. Are you doing everything possible 
to make peace. Say, no, I'm waiting for them. Let me read the Bible again. Make every effort to do what leads to peace. But you don't know what he said. You don't even know what she continues to do behind my back. And somebody needs to pay for that. And Jesus would say with nail-pierced hands, I did. I did pay for that. I did pay for that hurt that continues to fester every time at Christmas when you're reminded by that song or that scent or that sight. Jesus paid for it. You need to be free from that wound. You need to be free. And here's a question. Are you free? And you may ask, what does that mean? And I would say in response, a free person wouldn't need to ask that question. They know. So if you respond with, what do you mean by that? You've shown me that you aren't. Something still holds your heart. A pain, a lack, a suffering, an unmet expectation, a hurt or a wound. You need to allow Jesus to free you. Jesus says this through his word in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Jesus came to bring peace. This means we have the choice to either trust God's promises by pursuing peace or to rely on ourselves and reject the peace and pathway that he offers. It's a choice. It's easy to lose perspective. Gaining perspective is a lot like brushing your teeth. You need it daily. Perspective. Do you know where perspective comes from? From daily being in the Word. In 2021, we want to help with that. We're we're creating not a a through-the-Bible reading plan, because you know why? Every time I try to do that, I fail. I can't do it. Like, too much. I'm behind. So, it's like, well, if the pastor can't do it, like, um, let's just create a daily reading plan through every weekday, and let's create a video to even help with that. And that's what we want to do in 2021. Starting on January 4th, the devotionals that you've maybe become accustomed to in your inbox or on YouTube or wherever you take them in, had a guy from Carpinteria yesterday say, hey, Neil, I'm watching all your devotionals. I said, you are? I said, yeah, thank you. I was like, oh, well, cool, bro. Who are you? You know, <laughs> um, cool. And some guy from Canada. Hey, thank you for putting those devotionals together. I, my family and I watch them every day. Like, okay. Um, anyway, the video is meant to pair with your reading. It's not meant to tell you everything about Matthew 1 and 2 on January 4th. But just to help, can I ask a question? I'm going to raise my hand with this. Does anyone need help with daily Bible reading? Okay, good. I'm in good company. The rest of you guys are amazing. You get to preach next Sunday, man. You're reading your Bible every day. Um, Well, let's just wrap this up. I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team up at this time. But this morning, why this message? I feel like part of my job description is just to be the messenger boy. I don't come up with this stuff. It's in here. I'm just supposed to be the guy that said, you know, here it is. You know, that's what my job is. And I just want to remind you, like, I don't know what was under the Christmas tree. Maybe a, an inflatable paddleboard? Like, I don't know what was under the Christmas tree. Like, whatever it was, I hope it's fun. But it's just a good thing. Good things on this side of eternity will eventually, you know, not be good. The boards pop or the 
the donut's gone and now you look like a donut, you know, or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like that's the way life is, you know. Everything has a beginning and end date on this side of eternity. Everything, everything, even you. Everything has a beginning and end date. Remember a few weeks or months ago, I can't keep track of time, but like the dash, oh man, those choices, what you're doing with your dash, your beginning and your end date. You don't choose your dates, but you do choose your dash. I just want to be the messenger boy to remind you that these gifts of hope, love, peace, and joy are gifts that I have. I don't have to go find them. I, I have them. God's already given them to me. I don't have to go look for love, find hope, search for peace. No, it's here. Daily, I just need perspective. I need to be in the Word. And I need to make the choice to align my ABCs appropriately. What do you mean? My attitudes, beliefs, and choices must be aligned according to the truth of God's Word, and it's evidenced through my actions and attitude. My attitude speaks volumes about what I really believe. It truly does. And I, can I be honest with you? I'm still working on that. By God's Spirit, through His Word, but these two ladies right here, this is my oldest daughter and this is my wife, they could say, you know, Neil is still in process. He still makes mistakes. Can you believe that? I just, I believe it. But these gifts, these presents, don't come from accomplishments, resource, experience, and human relationships alone. These four gifts are really what it looks like to have Jesus, to have new life in him. I just want you to be reminded of how good you've got it. Because of the one who hung on the tree, the tree of Calvary, you've been given the gift of joy, the gift of love, the gift of peace, the gift of hope. And the reason you still have breath is because someone you know doesn't know that. The challenge of blessing is blessing becomes bitter when you hoard it. You are meant to be PVC pipe. What? What you have, give away. What you have, give away. Help others know where hope is found. There's a sphere of influence that only you have uniquely. There's some people that will listen to you that won't listen to anyone else. What's your message? Are you a hoarder or a distributor? I'm telling you, man, life comes when you give it away. Joy comes when it's about Jesus and others. Peace comes when you allow him to free you from the wounds and hurts and habits and hang-ups that have brought pain and sorrow. And if Jesus came once, you can be doubly assured he's coming again because prophetically there's twice as many prophecies about his second coming than his first. So keep your head up. Keep your head up. At Christmas we celebrate that Jesus has come and we celebrate the arrival of a king and we look back at those things but they remind us to look forward that I can live this day because of that day. And I can live this day because of the coming day. I don't need and I don't want anything. I have everything I need in Jesus. That's the last thing I'll say, and then we'll, we'll worship. The point.
point of life is to live. And it's available to you. New life in Jesus. Just because you were born with a proclivity or a weakness or a challenge doesn't mean you were born again that way. You can be free. Are you free? You can be, in Jesus' name, free. I hope this Christmas, before we step into 2021, you answer that question. And daily, you just get that perspective right. Daily, in the word. Because you know what? The world, the flesh, and the devil come for us all. Daily. So we need to be feeding ourselves and be with the right people, doing the right things. Because the seeds of fruitfulness and failure are in us all. But greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. So I just want to encourage you this Christmas. Man, his Christmas presence is what it's all about. Be a distributor of that. Go out this, this morning and be a, a dispenser, a, 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 a someone that just shares joy and hope and peace and love. Forget about your worries and anxieties and give them over to God. And just get busy about helping other people know Jesus. Life begins when it ends for you. That's when it begins. Let it go and live for the Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Join us again as we dive into the scripture, going verse by verse here at Coastline Calvary Chapel.